to the Gooners podcast season six episode 58 a slow news week uh, so uh, welcome to everybody that's joined us we got uh, we got Jared with us we've got uh, you know it, it is actually four countries represented today we got Jared representing the US of A we got Owen from Northern Ireland Jace of course as everyone knows is from Wales and then from England we've got me because I get bad everywhere I go. Uh, so we've got the whole the international show tonight, but no football since Thursday. It's been a week of gates, though. Oh, and do you love gates? Do you like? I mean, gate, gate, and and uh, it's everything is gate all the time. And you know, Watergate made sense because like the apartment buildings where the office was that led to Watergate was called Watergate. It wasn't called Water. Mm-hmm. And then they add gate, but now you add gate to the end of everything. Pizza gate, and, and yeah, yeah. Tollington Gate, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, Jared, is it cold where you are in, in Chi Town? We got snow on the ground here, but I heard it's. Uh, yeah, we got a little snow, pretty chilly, but you know, for January, I'll, I'll take it. It's not an absolute blizzard right now, so we're surviving. Well, speaking of surviving, when there's controversy, when there's hatred running rampant in the Arsenal universe, when there's a special sort of negativity that only one person can bring to the carpet, we have the perfect guest. And his name is the High Honorable Earl of Cardiff, the Duke of Douchebagashir, the Prince of Sheep, the Viscount of Vlahovich. Oh, that was for Andy, by the way. I didn't say that. The Count of Sesame Street. It's Sir Jason of Davies. <laughs> Welcome back, you adorable son of a bitch. DT's on fire. Uh, His background uh, is terrified. <laughs> DT's in prison. He's no, going to get a big surprise. <laughs> You've got a new background. Have you just finally purchased window coverings, or is this a new podcasting studio? Window coverings. They're called curtains. When you have been married for 26 years, it's called, or 25 years, they're called window coverings because window coverings can be either curtains, shades. Well, what are the things called that you pull the like, lines? Lines. It's it's bloody cold up there, so I'm, I'm you know I'm not built for the cold. So it's um uh, yeah 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 yeah. ones. I thought it's better than seeing streetlights. You know, he's actually hiding now for the, now because of the crimes that were committed on the twenty second of October. I always thought that you were the inspiration behind Tom Canton's green screen. 
like babies is the OG green screen user. Not not the green screen. He's just the inspiration behind Tom Canton. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, actually I am. I'm the one who gave it. I'm the one who gave his debut. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. there is something to be said for that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> he took he took the ball and ran with it, which uh, fair play to him. He did, didn't he? He, did, yeah. he really did. So this is the first time we've done a podcast since at least two of us and you have met. And what what a glorious uh, morning, afternoon, and evening that was. Uh, we were talking about it a little bit before the show, and then I just started the show because I didn't want to miss any of this stuff, but. Does it does it feel any different now that you've met us? Where we did we disappoint? Was it fun? What was, what, tell us a little bit about about the day of the Villa game. <laughs> well, to be fair, I owed Owen a pack of cigarettes at some point, you know, because I kept on bumming the <laughs> cigarettes off him. You know, he, he made the fatal mistake. I don't smoke anymore. He made the neither does he. But you guys were bumming each other all day. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let me tell you one thing. Okay? He was all right. He was all right. <laughs> At least I got um, to sleep with him. <laughs> he, we were up by the back of the bins. Jared, I'm apologizing for this for this three way that we're having. I mean, I, I would have loved for you to have been there as well, but you know, I'm, I'm not disappointed that I didn't make it a four way. I gotta tell you, listen, to the stories, I think I'm fine sitting this one out. Jared, you'd have enjoyed yourself. That's all I'm gonna say. You'd have enjoyed. Yourself. It was a top night. It was um, uh, Chris was there, Neil. There you go, Chris, Neil, Simon Collins. Oh, Simon, dear oh, Jesus. He, the boy's just photogenic, isn't he? You know, he's a man. I felt like, do you know when like fat chicks like try to hide in photos from their like really tall, slender <laughs> best friend? That's what I felt like st- standing next to Simon Collins. Wow. Well, I, I tried to find an angle that was not stand right next to him for the photo. They tried to distance a little bit. You just posted mm-hmm. up on his shoulder where. No human being's ever going to look worse. Probably, yeah, I, it, I, cost, it cost me a lot of money to get that fat. I, 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 I tried to find like an angle of him that was less pleasing, but like I took, you know, from like I took under, like like underskirt type photos and that sort of stuff. And it's just you can't find one. He's put that photo back up again and just compare his height. Him and, and him and Chris. <laughs> him and Chris. <laughs> it's like Adonis and like. Like like the Mingle. Greek god version of like like the gerbil. I, I just keep on thinking of um, uh, Charlie the Chocolate Factory. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> what, like an Oompa Loompa? <laughs> Guys, this is I hope you're enjoying this Arsenal podcast that we're having so far. But, but this this was a fantastic afternoon. Jace was in was in rare form already teaching us various uh, sign language. Uh, and uh, later in the day, it got a little bit more crowded in there. Jay still looks as, as happy as, as ever. What, what do you call that look? Is that like a look that's well known to those who who, who you love? And, and you should see where my hand is. That's why this is my <laughs> Your hand's in one of two places, and neither one of them are acceptable. But, but uh, we've got Suburban Chris in there. We've got uh, Jace. Uh, oh, and remind me who your arms are on. Uh, Pablo. Pablo, that's right. And then even Tom in the background, <laughs> in the very far background. Uh, Canton and and uh, and and Rosenhammer. So uh, yeah, what what an afternoon that was. And then of course the game uh, didn't hurt either. Um, like 
from the time we left the Tollington, though, Jace, I don't think I heard or spoke to you or of you again that whole afternoon. What did you make? Did you make it back afterwards, or? Oh yeah, you, I mean, I, like I, I wasn't sure you were alive until you showed up for this podcast. <laughs> to, to, to be fair, people kept on buying me beer. Okay, I was smashed going into the game. Poor Chris had to put up with me moaning all the way back to the hotel. Okay, and then the noises that were coming from up that hotel room when I was sleeping couldn't be pretty. But um, uh, no, it was just a top day, um, top game to be fair. I um, wasn't expecting much, and it was a really top, great performance. So that made me smile, but there was no way I was drinking beer afterwards. There would have been hell and high water. Um, uh, but um, I, lo- I love how we, we like, I told him that, that I was coming and then I told him that you were coming over. I'm like, Chase, you got, if you're ever going to come to London for a game, this has got to be the game that you come to mm-hmm. Friday night. And, and he still says he wasn't expecting much. He <laughs> 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 like, expecting everything and should have been disappointed with what, 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 what yeah. the hell. You normally text me a day before, okay? You know, at least this time you gave me a bit of notice, right? I'll come up. So we sorted everything out. The boys were all there. Five feet turned up, Neil. Um, and it was just, you know, it, it was great seeing everybody. Mark and a runner was in, in the um, uh, in the Torlington as well. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it kind of sums up what going to the Arsenal has always been about for me, you know. You meet great people. You have a great laugh. Um, and it was just fantastic, you know. Suburban Chris is always top quality, so it's um, you know, it's, it's it's just bloody perfect to be fair. It's a fun time, and and you know, you you can easily replicate that even you know without being in London. Uh, we we've got something called Gunnar Gras coming up in a few weeks, if it holds, uh, if COVID allows it. It's kind of on. It's on. We're all on tenter hooks right now, but. Uh, uh, that's kind of one of these things where everybody rolls into town on the Thursday, which we actually have a game for this thir- this this time, the Wolves reschedule game. And, uh, you know, it's just one big kind of hug fest. You meet new people, you see people that you, you've seen before, and it's just a, you know, and, and uh, it's, just, it's just a fun environment. So, you know, mm-hmm. can't be a bigger promoter of watching and, and taking in Arsenal with your mates, whether you're at the game, at in London, in – Australia in you know freaking Newry or wherever you are you gotta you gotta watch it with mates if you have them. Um, so let's talk. Let's tackle some of these gates. Um, <laughs> North London Derby Gate is where we have to start. Uh, quick vote: Who wanted the game played this weekend? All things considered, son injury, us being short. Who wanted to actually have the game played? Just with, with, but with hindsight, can we take that into account? No. Well, well, with, with hindsight <laughs> of what? I mean, we know we knew who that we'd be playing a, a makeshift lineup, and we knew that they wouldn't have Son, but they probably have everybody else out. I mean, with hindsight of how much it pissed people off, you mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, that's what you did. I just wanted. To, I was looking forward to the game. I thought we in our in our current mentality, I thought we we we'd do them. Uh, but yeah, with the hindsight, and, and the, the, I was going to do a second vote, which is who thinks the game should have been played from like a rules standpoint. But we'll skip over to that. To who doesn't give a shit and loves the bitching and complaining the entire world has done about, it. and and I'm I'm all in on that one. Uh, so Jace, get us started. We'll, we'll save a special segment for Jamie O'Hara, but uh, but but just as far as the games and the rules and 
and what everybody's been talking about. I mean, has it kind of gotten ridiculous at this point? First and foremost, whether the game goes ahead or doesn't, it's beyond our control, okay? I don't care about any of that. You know, Arteta's the manager. His decisions are what his job relies on. So he's going to make those decisions as they go along. If the rules are there to postpone the game due to not having enough players, then he'd be stupid not to take advantage of them and and, and, and to request the postponement. Okay? You know, those are the Premier League rules. They've been in place all season. Dozens of, well, other, other, sorry, not dozens, many other clubs have taken advantage of them. Okay? And there's not been a peep from anybody. This weekend, you know, it started with, you know, the two Muppets on Sky Sports. You know, Carragher, a man who spits at children, um, who throws coins back into the crowd. Okay? You know, we, he's got a history of sort of poor behaviour. Neville, I kind of kind like Neville, and he has spoken about games being called off before, but not in the way he, he spoke about this. And they started what we can all describe as a shit fest, right? With all these wannabe journalists piling on, looking for hits and clicks, and making a noise over it. And as soon as we requested the postponement, I kind of, you know, you thought, yeah, go on, give it to us now, because this is going to boil some piss. This is really going to boil some piss. And when the announcement came through, oh, it was just joyous. And you know, Jay Humphrey, the BT Sport presenter, summed it all up. You know, there's lots of people out there, okay, who say this isn't about Arsenal, but then when they start to talk, it's all about Arsenal. You know, and it's been quite frankly pathetic. The pack mentality has been hilarious. Watching Spurs fans starting and. Um, I'm sure they want to appeal to the Pope or something. You know, they're starting little, you know... Um, uh, well, isn't that why know? they went to Rome to see the Pope? <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> you know, they're starting their little... Uh, what, what do you call them when you get loads of signatures? What do you oh, call it? Like a, Petitions a... and stuff like that. They're crying foul. And I, it, it's beautiful. You know, a petition I mean, ever like like I know that I, I understand that there's some sort of like law in England where if you have enough signatures on a petition, you get to at least present it in front of Parliament. Is that am, am I correct in that? Yeah, one hundred and fifty thousand, I think. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't exist here. It never has existed here. So petitions have always been like about thought and and making a point in principle. But like, mm-hmm. what's the point of getting a petition? I mean, but the, but the whole thing is. Okay, we've made, a, yeah, we've made a request under the rules. It's been granted as it matches the criteria of the rules, and everybody's crying about it. I'm, I've got to be honest there. I'm going to use their tears as lube. You know, it's a beautiful, beautiful sight. Okay, watching what? these scummers, okay, absolutely lose their shit over something which, you know. It's by the by. What did when, when somebody say somebody brought into it? Oh, and then they sent their players to Afcon. Well, it's an international tournament. Of course, these guys want to represent their countries on a major tournament. What's the disrespect? Yeah, the loan argument is a little bit better one than the Afcon argument in my in my mind. But yeah, uh, yeah, but, but but not being funny. If those players are not going to be part of the squad for the for the other half of the season, we're well within our rights to do that. It's within the rules. It's not a problem. It's all a bit pathetic, isn't it? So, so Jared, Jared, the, the um, I mean, there, there's 
what, until this particular point where we asked for the game to be off, we were maybe one of the only clubs in the in the Premier League, or certainly in the minority, who had not requested that yet. Liver, you know, Liverpool and the EFL, I, I guess, did Tottenham many, many times. So, you know, I was kind of like I was one of those with the Liverpool rescheduling that I was up in arms about it because that's what I do. I overreact to shit, to shit. but like. I was like, you know, this is obviously deceptive. It's bullshit. Uh, but guess what? We're probably going to end up needing to do it at some point. And, and how hypocritical are we going to seem when we do it? I didn't realize it was going to be a few days later. But so, again, the rule, the rule is clear and it's dumb, but we're within the rules. But should that be the rule? Because, you know, before COVID ever came into play, who would have ever thought to postpone a game because you don't have enough first team, you know, because you only have 15 recognized or 13 recognized first team players because of injury and internationals and, and loans and that sort of thing. I mean, who you would have just had to start who you started. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think it was, I guess, a week and a half now, the last time you and I were on, one of our main talking points was the problem with this rule is – that even if teams aren't intentionally cheating, it's going to give that sort of patina of cheating and taking advantage of a situation because specifically of the rules the Premier League laid out. That's not the fault of Arsenal that they decided to include injured players in that. It's a ridiculous idea that once you start doing it and you sort of set that precedent, of course teams are going to use that advantageously. It's, it's the job of the team to do what's best for themselves not what's best for Spurs or rest of the league or anybody else. It's Arsenal's job to do what's best for Arsenal. And once you see all the other games get called off due to injuries, it's kind of green lights you to say, hey, we're not at our best. We might as well do what a number of other teams have done and take this week off, get guys in, hopefully get some guys back from COVID, from injury, maybe bring in some transfers or whatever. But it's not the fault of Arsenal that the Premier League handled it poorly. So people mad at us are you know, sort of misdirecting that. And you need to look upward, not at not at Arsenal, because when you put a rule like that in place, it, it's obviously going to be used that way. And that's what makes me most upset. We talked about it a while back, and it's not like we're some great geniuses. This is an obvious foreseeable problem that's going to occur. It wasn't if, it's when. You knew this was going to happen. And then now that it has, everyone's in shock and awe, like you didn't know this was coming weeks ago and have just been waiting for a team you don't like to make the move so you can jump in and say, oh, this is unfair. We shouldn't be handling it this way. It's typical Premier League, though, just to do mm-hmm. something like, like it, it's like VAR, where you introduce something meant to help and it's left to subjective subjectivity. Oh, and like now it's going to get to the point where it is purely strategic because like, look, everyone's going to have somewhere between one and four COVID absences probably for the next month or two. And it doesn't even seem like these COVID absences are being like independently verified. So um you know, it's going to end up and you can't necessarily legislate what is an injury that keeps a player from playing. Mm-hmm. Like if, you know, if Burnley's tired right now and they don't want to play against Arsenal on Sunday and, and I'm just using that as an example, you know, they could say players aren't fit to play that are and I, and who's verifying all this. So, I mean, it's just, it, it's literally a joke at this point. Can they fix it midstream? Can they say like after, you know, this round of, of fixtures, we're no longer doing this and any games that have been postponed and played later, you know, players who registered with the team after that, you know, or who weren't available due to international duty when the game was supposed to be played, uh, you know, can't play in that game so that you take some of the 
the strategy out of it. I mean, if it was if you could postpone games for injured players, Arsenal would would still be playing games from 2012. <laughs> They'd have such a backlog of fixtures from when like they had to sign Benayoun on loan. Um, <clears throat> no, well, look, I think. As you mentioned, look, it's these problems were always going to arise, and and the rules and the system is completely open to exploitation. And <clears throat> I find it surprising that everybody said that it was eventually going to happen at some point, because to me, it has been happening the entire season. And the problem with what you said now is about changing the rules. You can't really do that halfway through a season, because there's going to be uh, clubs that have benefited more than others up until this point. So I think that there has to be consistency right the way until the end of the season. This is the rules. This is the criteria. Leave it the way it is until the end of the season and then just go back to normal next year. Um, look, the, the, the one thing I will say is that I think it's very, very funny that <clears throat> Jurgen Klopp has come out and said that Arsenal are going to be much more rested now on Thursday. When now, they... Has he said that? I, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but I haven't seen any actual like reliable source say that he's I've seen it that. in quote marks, so it's it, he said that, obviously. The quote marks make it. But Yeah, but who's putting it in quote marks? Hagen? But anyway, no, but <laughs> yeah, and he's so reliable. Uh but what I was going to say, even on the case of the the fan bases, like Liverpool are now turning around and saying that Arsenal were in uproar about Liverpool last week and now they're completely behind their team doing this. There's a big difference. We didn't bullshit. We didn't turn around and say that we had 13 false positive cases or something like that. Well, they didn't say like they had 13. Well, not until I then. think the, sti the statistical chance of that, I think, is something like 0.5 to 4% of one false positive case, let alone 13 false positives, which is which is just absolutely insane. But what I will say is the best thing that I think has happened from this, one thing that I'm really happy about, and it's funny because normally we would come come in here, uh, you know, a full week without football, it's pretty boring. We're trying to find topics to talk about. Number one, there's shitloads of topics to talk about this week. And number two, the fan base is so unified. I have never seen the fan base get unified like this in years. And... The one thing that I will say is that it's uh, that I'm really proud to be an Arsenal fan is is that literally everybody that has taken aim at the club, pundits, media, ex-players, managers, whoever it is, the Arsenal fans have gone out and absolutely dissembled, just pulled apart their entire reputation and, and what their arguments are built upon. And I've never seen the Arsenal fan base all pulling in one direction at once, and it's, I think it's just a thing of beauty at the minute. Speaking of, of dissembling and, and, and destroying reputations, Jace, um, <laughs> where where on the Jason Davies scale does J.V. O'Hara sit with ranging from, from uh, Aaron Ramsdale to Gary Mablin? <laughs> to, to be honest, J.V. O'Hara is nowhere. He was a nothing player, okay? He's a nothing pundit. He's, he's maybe one of the most ignorant people on talk sports. And that's saying something. When you look at some of the people on talk sports, they don't know their arse from their elbow. And, and Jamie O'Hara is right up there, you know. And I, I found his behaviour over the weekend particularly odious, you know. He's, Mike Hurt, I love you, bro. I love you. But, but Jared's got maybe the sweetest voice on podcasting. Okay, you know, Jared, Jared, you should go into reading them uh, audio books. You'd make a million. Okay, you really would. But um, you've, you've, you've got, well, on the Mount Rushmore, you've got Clive, 
you've got FK and then you've got Jared. I mean, we're, you know, and then, so, and then, and then Jace. I'm sorry. There's, there's just Jared, just Jared. Okay. Um, but you know, Jamie O'Hara was a nothing player. Some, somebody put something up the other day, you know, a parent Spurs legend, less appearances for Spurs. Oh, that, that, was me. For that was Owen. That was Owen. That was so. me. Yeah. But yeah. nice. But, you know, he, 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 he comes up with a tweet, Arsenal equals shit houses and, and all these things. And then last night, you know, he plays the mental health card. You you don't pork the bear, okay, and expect not to get it, you know, not to get growled at. And, okay, if, if you're abusing him, I've got no time for that. But you, so all you have to do is just relate facts to him, you know. This is a man who assaulted and hit a child. This is a man who's accused by his ex-wife of hitting her with a shoe. You know what I mean? This is not a pleasant fella. And to be honest with you, he's insignificant. Talk sport must have must have employed him for a laugh, and he gets quick hits and clicks, and and that's where they keep him on. But his, his, his the whole premise of his argument was just nonsense. You know, he deserves to be eviscerated from the history of football. Um, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I put this up anytime anything controversial is said, but I, uh, I, I, he, he's been, you know, he, he hit a child. He was fined for hitting a child. Okay, his ex-wife alleged that he has hit her with a shoe, stuff like that. There's nothing, you know. Bring it I, on. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to put you in a, in a mode yeah. to have to defend that. It was more of a, it was a joke. Um, but the, uh... do, do you want me to jump in there? Just because probably, obviously, because of the situation with my tweet earlier. I'm not sure if you've seen that, but yeah. <laughs> it actually it, it, it was me that stuck it up. Gs uh, that and. Um, I think it was something along the lines of it's funny that the self-nominated uh, representatives for Spurs has appeared <clears throat> for them last time since Danny Ceballos has for Arsenal, which is true. Yeah, yeah. And then, obviously, look, with the mental health thing, and and, and and I'll be honest, I went and looked under not only my tweet, but but other people's tweets and some of the things and, and allegations, and I agree with you, them allegations are absolutely vile, but what I will say is, they're allegations and there's no context behind them. And I think what you were doing there, Jace, is absolutely perfect. Poke fun of his career in football, poke fun of his managerial career, poke fun of his media career. But when people start to get personal and attack somebody, that that that, that isn't for me. As I always say, I, I find it really funny when people punch up, when, when people punch up at people and, and a bit of intelligence behind the, 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 the jokes that they're making. But what I don't like is when people just abuse people's personal lives and i don't find fun kicking a dead dog you know and that to me was what jamie o'hara was so i decided to, to delete the tweet um yeah. of that because for me arsenal's a classy football club and the fans are better than that and i i wouldn't want to be associated with those people who are piling on with um throwing about even worse allegations than you were mentioned there was some other vile things that i seen um underneath mine look it goes back to so sorry do you want to come in there I absolutely respect what you're saying, okay, because it goes back to the Crafton business, okay. When Adam Crafton picked his Spurs eleven, and um, uh, it, it's Spurs Arsenal eleven, they were all Spurs players, and then we won the game, and everybody piled on. Now, I thought, uh, you know, tweeting him back with the picture of Mesut Ozil drinking a cup of tea was hilarious, okay. I thought that was a thing of beauty, and people did that, and I thought I'm fully behind that. Having a go about it is 
religion or his sexuality and stuff like that. I've got no time for. Okay, it's got you nothing remember to when do. Remember when, when we first did a podcast together? Well, it wasn't the first time, but no, you remember we, what the subject we did, was? Yeah, with Miguel. You find me because Andy wasn't available in a, yeah. in a very similar situation. Yeah, with, with Miguel, and it's one of those things. I've got no time for sort of, you know, you you can have a go for the things you know are true. Okay, mm -hmm. you can have a go. It's like I say, allegedly with his wife because she mm -hmm. has claimed that. Okay, I don't mind bringing up him in the child because he's done it. He's mm -hmm. been fined for it. He's been found guilty of it, etc., etc. But you know, bring up facts and not nonsense with him. You know, and don't. <sighs> well, yeah. I mean, look, fo football banter. Cross. I mean, we we've seen this a million times. And and, yeah. and the, the the thing I was talking about with with Jace was like way back at the beginning of this podcast. Um, you know, the the thing with Adam Crafton posting a combined eleven with Arsenal and Spurs, where he picked eleven Spurs players and. Arsenal itself posted something. I think it was after the game, I believe, of Mezzanozel sipping tea, and 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 essentially Miguel Delaney came out to defend Adam. I'm sure Adam's a, a perfectly lovely guy, but and and people did get very personal. They 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 brought his sexuality into it. They brought his history into it, and that's bang mm -hmm. out of order. I agree. The, th the the reason that that I think in in that particular episode way back in. I remember it was it was Thanksgiving week, so it was November, I think maybe 2016 or 17, probably 17. The reason that 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 we kind of took the side of you know what you you banter the fan base, they're going to banter you back, was because they were blaming Arsenal for it. Yeah, they were blaming mm -hmm. Arsenal for inflaming it uh, by by essentially you know tweeting a picture of of Ozil sipping Ozil, who we all still loved at the time, uh, sipping tea. And and that's where I drew the line on that. But no, personal personal attacks are never reasonable, um, you know. But there's enough <laughs> there's enough to banter him on football wise. Yeah, completely. And, 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 and that's the thing as well. If you go back and look at any of the comments that he has made, the, the genuinely are lighthearted banter that you would expect between you know someone who supports the rival club. There was it was literally just targeted. Um, uh, at the football aspect, but what I will say is that um, I can't even remember. It slipped my mind. Go on ahead; it'll pop back up. It'll well, back. But, yeah, but he, he treated Arsenal equals shit houses. Okay, that is instigating something. They're right there, you're instigating something, and but, at that point, Jace, would you would you care as much as like like let's face it. This guy's more of a Billericay Town legend than he is a, a, a Spurs legend. That's the club that he's made the most appearances for in his career, 47, of which at that point he, he was the player manager. So is there any surprise that he made? Now, would you turn around and if Yaya Sanogo started commenting on Arsenal, would you, would would you would you carry, make, would his opinion carry any weight for you? So why do we really care what Jamie O'Hara thinks about Spurs or Arsenal? He's pretty irrelevant in my opinion. You're true, but he's also on talk sport, isn't he? You know, I mean, that's fucking irrelevant too. <laughs> you're true. Well, it, it's, it looks without him, though, we wouldn't have this unity that we're currently experiencing right now until the next time we we step on a pitch. Yeah, it, it, but it's one of those things, you know. It, it's just it, it's all a storm in a teacup. It'll all go away, you know. I mean, the, the big thing is going to be when we actually play the fixture. That's going to be the important thing. If we get three points on on, on their ground. It's going to be massive for us in the charge for top four. 
Likewise, though, when that game gets rescheduled, Son scores a brace and they beat us. Mm-hmm. They will not. They, I, mean, I hate to keep going back to the well, but they will. They'll be creating every form of media, streaming, printed, uh, you know, video discs. They'll, they'll, they'll be doing every single thing you could possibly do to celebrate the time that they that they battered us uh, when we were too afraid to play them. So you know, look, it, it's it's certainly going to make for an interesting game. I don't know when they're going to replay it. I'm kind of hoping it's in uh, early April. Look, uh, we're going to win it. We okay. all go to it together, but hey, we're going to win it. Okay, Xhaka's going to score a screaming free kick of a dodgy VAR decision, right? and it's going to be sweet. I've never seen Spurs fans look forward to a North London derby so much in my life. It's like, you know, like one of those punch-drunk boxers that <laughs> is still hanging around the boxing gym, and he's like, oh, I want to fight. I say, shut the fuck up, Barry. Said, no, it's like, no, it's like one of those people, it's like one of those little people who can't fight like, hold me back. Like, they they, yeah. they want to be held back. Like, please hold me back. <laughs> it's especially odd, too, given how the first round at the Emirates went with them this year. It wasn't a competitive game. We absolutely played them off the pitch. And and since then, we've continued to get better, and they've looked terrible. But did any of see, even speaking of talk sport, I think they put out the tweet of Eric Dyer. <laughs> it's going to be fuming that he's missed the North London Derby. He's scored and told Aaron Ramsey to sit down. And that's a game that we pummeled them, wasn't it? 4-2 or something? Yeah, oh, we put in four on them that game. Yeah, and 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 um, and they now have the honor, as as does Arsenal, of having a, a Puskas winner in their in their side for a goal that they scored in a game that they lost in a game where the guy who scored the goal got a red card. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just so great that their best moments have come amidst failure. And uh, The beauty of that one was, though, you know, with, with Ramsey said, when Ramsey puts the Instagram out, post up saying, sit down, he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two assists, played him off the park. Thank you very much. And, you know, funny enough, I remember, you know, Lacazette, Lacazette hitting the third and it coming off that year to go in. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, it's crazy uh, how, how many of these moments there have been uh, in, in the history of, of these clubs, but. Um, I don't know. I kind of felt like the, the 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 time was right. I would have, all things being equal, I would have loved to have had that game this weekend. I never like an Arsenal game getting postponed, even if I feel like we're we're lower. Uh, you know, we've but got do you think it was wise, Mike? After <clears throat> after the effort that was put in by those players on on Thursday against Liverpool, I'm just their legs would have been carrying a lot of weight going into that game. Look, 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 I'm, I'm looking for the positives in it, and I'm fine. The day's over. I, I, I didn't get to watch a, a derby. It's fine. Um, I'm looking forward to when it happens. But, like, in the moment, I was like, oh, I just really kind of would love to keep this going. Um, but, again, I'm always wrong with everything I think, so that's that we probably wouldn't have done well in that game. Um, but uh, there's a couple other gates to talk about. Is there any, any final words? I just, just might have interrupted you, Jace, on something else you were going to say. No, I'm just happy. I'm just happy. It, 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 look, it genuinely was lovely. You know, I mean, you know, every, everybody was as one on the weekend. It was peak Twitter. You know, Twitter's never experienced a weekend like that. And that's, that, you know, look. Twitter doubled in price over the weekend. There's that. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but maybe this was something that, <clears throat> don't get me wrong, the, the Emirates this year and the away fans especially as well, have been fantastic this 
this season. But maybe this is something that the Arsenal fan base have needed to unify them with this whole Arteta in, Arteta out thing. You know, I'm I'm just interested to see what it's going to be like on Thursday night for this cup tie at the Emirates. Is it going to be booming the way that I think it might be after something like this? I think it will be, but the thing is, you know, Twitter doesn't actually represent the fan base as a whole, does it? Twitter's a small portion of the fan base. I think, um, I, I remember talking to Raj Patel, um, and when there was um, the Wenger out um, protest, etc., as he said, it surprised him at how little influence Twitter actually has on the stadium, you know? Most of the people in the stadium aren't on Twitter, they don't really give a monkey's. You know, if you're going to the if you're going to the crowd to, to the game, you don't care about what so and so thinks on Twitter. That's all you want. Whether you despise the manager or love the manager, you just want the team to win because they're your team. So you should be getting behind the team at any point. You know, it's it's not about your personal views. You can have your views, but you know, if Arsenal win, you walk away happy. It makes your day, it makes your weekend, it makes your week, you know. If Arsenal lose, you're devastated and, you know, it's frustrating and, you know, you just want to go home, you just want to close the curtains and just forget about it all. But, so, you know, hopefully it has a really positive influence. Hopefully, you know, we we can get behind Arteta. You know, you know, I've got my own views on Arteta. They're not positive or negative at the moment. They're just... We are where we are. He's got to prove it. But I'd rather see him succeed than fail. You know, and I, and I think that's the big thing. Well, the and and I'm I'm hearing that there's even a possibility though that uh, that we might be putting in for a for a postponement of Thursday's game. Which, I mean, it goes to a different jurisdiction. It goes to the EFL. Postpone the whole season, bro. Can you imagine? I mean, there, there's not too many teams, you know, of in and around us in the standings right now in the in, in the table who are uh, better off clustering games in February. I mean, we have virtually no games after Thursday and Sunday if they happen. We've got like four games in five weeks or something like that. Yeah, I, th- I think um, right now we only have two scheduled in the month of February. So, I mean, obviously we'll fill in some of those with some makeups, but we've got plenty of room, which is why there's only one game opponent works in our favor because they've got way more to fill in than we do and we're not going to have you know kind of a, a cluster one of the two games in february might. is a made-up game and and the, so there's really only the spurs game to make up and and uh so i mean i we, we do have that light schedule so i do think that that postponed games kind of do serve as far you know an advantage for us <laughs> in a sad way because of our failures in the fa cup because of our failure to get into europe it does, you know. Th- these are not good, good reasons, but, uh, but I, I just, I, I need somebody to tell me whether that that Klopp uh, quote is is legitimate or not. I, I, I don't believe that he would have. Well, I do believe that he would say that, and if he if he did, I would spend more time being incredulous about it. But I don't know that it's real. Um, I've heard that it was just some random website or something like that that said that. So. Um, if you have user questions, put them in the chat. Uh, we will, I've seen a couple already. Um, please, uh, keep them going in there and we'll finish off with those afterwards. Um, one quick thing, as I tend to try to do in the, in the middle of pods, if you'll, uh, forgive me, we are, uh, in the midst of a closed auction and by closed, I mean, we're, we're capping the number of entries at 500 for a pretty incredible piece of Arsenal memorabilia. Um, 
this signed jersey from 1989, signed by John Lukic, uh, Lee Dixon, Alan Smith, and Michael Thomas, with the uh, with the words from the famous 1989 Anfield uh, announcement from from uh, Brian Moore. So uh, if you haven't already, and many of you have, I appreciate it. Twenty five dollars, which is right about eighteen quid. Uh, gets you entered. Uh, you can enter more than once if you'd like, and there'll be a total of 500. We're probably about a quarter of the way sold, so there's plenty of ways to still get in it, but uh, check this out and go to GoonersVCancer.com. hit the wrong button, but, but you, you get the point. <laughs> you get the point. Um, it's a cool shirt. So uh, yes, Pedro did buy his ticket last week. Uh, they're virtual tickets. So when you make the entry or when you make the donation on goonersvcancer.com, uh, you're automatically entered. And, uh, and yeah, again, thank you to everybody that, that has entered this, that has entered this on top of donating in last year's campaign or in the just completed year's campaign. It's just, a lot of generous gooners out there, and uh, and and I appreciate it. So, um, let's talk a little bit about transfers. Uh, not really a whole lot going on, other than a couple outs. Uh, thank you, Tom. That's true. Um, but uh, Vlahovic, I've watched more Fiorentina in the last week than Arsenal in the last week, uh, and and I'll tell you what, guy's good, man. Mm-hmm. He's really good. I mean, he's, you know, I don't like all this stuff going on around, you know, the, the, the noise about his ownership of by companies in Serbia and his, and his management and his agent and, and all that stuff. But uh, the dude is a baller. And uh, today, in fact, they, they had a game that, I mean, they won like six or 12 to nothing against Genoa, but uh, he missed a penalty. Uh, it was a Panenka that the goalie dove for and still had time to get up and put his arm in the, in the way. So that wasn't great. Um, but then he scored a goal later in the, uh, in the game. That was just, it's one of these goals that only a handful of people like, like, you know how Van Persie would score goals and Giroud would score goals that you just wouldn't see from other people. Didn't mean that they were the best player in the world. It just meant that they, they had that kind of, and and obviously Henri and Burkamp were the same. They had that that sense of where the goal was, what weight to put on the ball, at all times. And and he's got that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jace, what, what do you know about the player? Are you are you are you again? We've talked to you during silly season. We've talked to you outside of that. Are you even paying any attention to this until it either happens or doesn't? I don't watch him, never seen him play. I did see that goal he scored. Um, uh, Giles retweeted it earlier on. And it's 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 quality. It really is. I, I the one from today or the one from the weekend? Because the there were two. 
I think it's the one from today. I think it's the just one lopped, from today. Lopped it over the keeper after taking the first time. Yeah, it was. Yeah, again, again, look, you know, you look at transfers. It's, it's, it's great to talk about them. It's fun, okay, especially if you know the player and you, and you've seen him come through. That it's amazing to do that. But you know, from my opinion, at the moment, it's the same with with the summer. Whoever they're going to go for, okay, if if they truly believe in the player, they should go balls out for them, okay. You know, you absolutely have to go and get them. Whether the player is right or wrong for us, that's their decision. They, you know, it, their jobs will live and die on it and they have to just make sure that they're getting the right people in if you look at ramsdale for argument's sake you know ramsdale was hardly my dream signing in the summer but with any player you just hope they come in they make a name for themselves and they go on to become a club legend because that's the important thing if they think of halovich or whatever his name is is the right fit for them great stuff go and get in go and get in but i look at our needs at the moment we definitely need a good striker you know we need to we, you know we need to look at moving um Lacazette and Alberon. We really do. It, it, you know the time has come for them. Those guys, unfortunately, um, and that's with all due respect to them. I, you know, for all the Aubameyang nonsense, I still like him. He scored a shed full of goals for us. Lacazette, all you know, he's been up and down, but you know, he's done well for us, especially recently. But if the if if Edu and Arteta think that this is the man who's going to you know. Take us forward over the next three or four years. Go get him. Spend 80, 90 million quid in him. Spend as much as you need because a top quality goal scorer is the difference between top four and winning tight and winning trophies. You know, it's as simple as that. Problem is it takes two to tango and 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 there doesn't seem to be a consensus, Jared, on on whether whether the player has any interest in coming here or not. Uh whether that makes sense. I mean, obviously one reason it makes sense is because we're not assured of Champions League football next year, uh, even though we have an opportunity and a greater opportunity if he joins us. But you know, what what are you what are your thoughts on that? I'm not sure. I, I we may have talked about this last week a bit, but then he went and scored a couple of good goals and convinced me that he's good. So that's big. Yeah, he's definitely scored a couple of great goals, and you know, there's not many guys at age 21 that have a goal scoring record like him. So anytime you have an opportunity to go for one of those players, I think you need to go for it. As far as the price, you know, it's not my money, so I'm not too concerned with it. You know, they're quoting 80-ish million or a, a deal close to that, including Terrera. You know, if, if you think he's a generational striker that's going to bag you 20 goals, get you into the top four, I don't think you need to let the difference between 70 and 80 million sort of deter you to say that 80 is too much where we would give 70 for that type of player. Normally, I'm a little bit critical, more critical of that in other positions. But when you're talking about, you know, a potential golden boot type of striker, I think that's the one position where I'm willing to potentially overpay a little bit just because of the impact they have overall. Like Jay said, if you want to finish consistently top four or challenge for a league title, you've got to score more goals than we score right now. And we've improved in that area, but that's still the striker position is one where Lacazette's done great but he's not scoring goals. We need somebody who can do what he's doing for us now and also add the goals on top of that. And Vlahovic is that type of player, or at least he is in Italy. Whether that transfers, you know, you never really know until they get here, but he's certainly, I think, the, the type of player that you would look for in that position, ideally, if he's available. But as far as do I think it's going to happen, I'd give it less than 50% chance, but it's certainly not impossible. Yeah, it just it just seems like one of these things where, he's just posturing and then, and then 
you know, Madrid or, or PSG will come in for him and, and they'll be like, oh, okay, now I'll go. Uh, oh, and any thoughts on Vlaovic? And then start us back around the horn on Aubameyang. Um, you know, do you – because there's conflicting reports now on why he's being sent home. Uh, I, I think I speak for all of us when I say that if, you know, if he truly does have a heart issue right now, from whatever the reason is, uh, we don't need to get into <laughs> into that, but the uh, – you know, if, if he's suffering from something more than just COVID or uh, a short-term illness, that's not good, and we hope he gets better. Um, but, you know, again, there's just more – I mean, there's, there's, more, there's another Obama-Yang gate. It's like Obama-Gate 15 at this point. Yeah, look, well, look, on to the first one, uh, Dusan Vlaovic. Um, I think that he could be the perfect striker. He's 21 years of age, even though he looks like he's about 30. Um, he, he's an absolute unit of a player, and I think that I think that the transitions from from Serie A to the Premier League will will actually serve him quite well because it's 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 slightly it's slightly slower. It has it has improved in terms of tempo, but it still is slower than the Premier League. But it's definitely more tactical. I think that's what you've seen from Takahiro Tomiyasu is that that's the reason that he's come in and he's been able to adapt to the system so well. He's been able to execute game plans. It's been handed to him very very well because it's just so so disciplined tactically in that league um i think also as well when you look at our striking options at the minute uh Bamiyang can't hold the ball up he, he he's quite decent at running behind and finishing um alexander lacazette can hold the ball up he's just not very good at running in behind and finishing so we've got everything we want in two different strikers but i think vlaovic gives you everything in one um the one thing i will say is that don't expect him to come in and, and, and be this runner like Alexander Lacazette is straight away because that's not his game. That's not what he does. And maybe that's because he's like the he's the, he's the, the superstar for Fiorentina. And I, th- and I think that he's given slightly more of a free role. He doesn't really run and put pressure around, but maybe he would adopt his game to suit Mikel Arteta's system. But I definitely think if there's money to throw at a striker, he's probably the best one i think to to throw it up because he's got all the physical attributes he's technically very very gifted people have said the comparisons between him and robin van persie and ibrahimovic and stuff but well i wouldn't put him in that category yet obviously there's big boots to fill but he's got he's got all the ingredients to become a top striker in the premier league now going on to the pierre emmerich bamiang thing <laughs> before pierre emmerich bamiang came in we heard the rumors about his behavior at Borussia Dortmund, his the lack of professionalism, the way that his attitude was around the training camp and stuff like that. And for me, Aubameyang's a good times player. When things are going well for him, he's a great guy to have around. But when things aren't going so well, he just seems to me like he's potentially an absolute nightmare. And I think that I think that you see that within people used to love his online persona, these Instagram posts with him and Lacazette and stuff. And him bantering around and laughing and playing pranks and doing jokes and but to me I always looked at that and thought you never would have seen Tony Adams doing that you know you, you would never would have seen John Terry doing that you never would have seen Vincent Company doing that and and for me that's the problem was that he was throwing the armband as as a bargaining chip to keep him here and I think that only sort of opened opened the door to even more exploitation of of the soft underbelly of Arsenal Football Club and the way it had been run in years past but for for all the criticisms anybody could fairly have of Mikel Arteta, you can't say that he isn't ruling with an iron fist, and that's somebody that we've definitely needed behind the scenes to be 
cracking down on this sort of nonsense. Obviously, with the health thing, if the, if that is indeed true, um, the condition that he does have is hard. Obviously, that's very, very serious. He's a father and, and a family man. And first of all, the most important thing is that he's healthy and okay. But if you're asking me if Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has a future at the club, I think that any of these rumours or any of this lack of discipline uh, that has surfaced whilst he's been away on international, international duty with Gabon is probably the final nail in the coffin for Arsenal. Yeah, and, and you know, again, the, you mentioned the father and the family man and stuff. I mean, these rumours do directly address something that puts that into question. <laughs> um, not that that's any of our business. I'm just saying, yeah. like, like, like it, it, it's hard sometimes when, when things keep happening to not start to, to buy into them a little bit. Again, it's, it's the, it's the concept of uh, what, what, what is it called when, um, you know, if, if things, what, what's the phrase when something keeps happening, there's, there's probably some truth to it or, or no smoke know. fire. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, you know, again, I don't, I don't want to, even though I have in the past on certain things, I don't want to assume anything is true. And Aubameyang appears, although not directly and, and overtly, to be rubbishing uh, the rumors of, uh, of of his being sent back, being anything due to due to health. It's just, you know, again, when, when it came to Mesut Ozil, there was just, there was so much noise. There was so much negative noise. Some of it was, you know, was it the club and the China thing? Was it... Was it him? There were things I was hearing from people who knew him very well, just completely offline and in, in private, uh, telling me about things that that made it pretty clear he was he was he was no savior or nice guy, even in some of the nice things that he did publicly. You know, but you just you get you you get worn out sometimes of it, and I, that's the stage I'm in right now. I'm just worn out on Aubameyang, Jared. I can't. I I just and 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 as long as he's not playing in the first team squad, it really kind of isn't that big of a deal. But I don't want to be still having this situation going on next August. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, you say it doesn't really matter when he's not in the first team. And, and I kind of agree and I kind of don't. Well, it, I, 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 didn't, I didn't say that about Ozil, so you're right. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether he's around the club or not. Yeah, it, it irritates me that we're spending time talking about him when he's not even with the team. He's not playing games. He shouldn't be the focus of what's going on. We're on a, a very good run. We've got a lot of guys performing well. I hate that we're spending time talking about rumors around Aubameyang again, because we've been there before and before and before that again, he's kind of, like you said, there's only so many times I think people are falsely accused of relatively the same thing. You know, at, at some point there's probably at least a little bit of truth there uh, to him causing some sort of problems for himself and in turn the club at the end of the day, I don't think it matters a lot because I don't think he's going to be here beyond this year. And without an injury to Lacazette, I don't get, I don't think we're going to see him play again for Arsenal this year. So it's one of those things that's going to just kind of solve itself as he goes away would, would be my hope. And, you know, we hope it has no impact on the first team. And if he does have a health issue, you know, we wish him all the best. I don't wish ill on him. He's, he's been a good servant to the club. We absolutely don't win the FA cup without him. And he's got us a lot of good moments, but I, I think his time here's kind of run its course and he's going to be on the way out as soon as we can find a way to, to, to move him. Jace, did you see how 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 calmly and professionally Jared told me that he would have preferred I didn't even bring this up? Uh, <laughs> it, it was a thing of beauty, a thing of absolute beauty. Look, whatever's going to happen is done for the club. Okay, again, we have no influence over it, you know. But I think, 
if you, if you look at sort of performances without Aubameyang this season, we've looked a lot better. And I don't want to rubbish the guy because he scored a lot of goals for us. And when he first came into the club, you know, he, he was he seemed to be a great influence. But I think once knocked the nail on the head, he's a good time player. When things are going his way, he's happy, he's positive. Unfortunately, you know, look, whatever's happening, we don't we don't miss him on the park. And when you don't miss your captain on the park, that says an awful lot. And you know, if we can go out and get a striker to to allow us to let Lacazette and and Aubameyang go and you know develop somebody else, so you know you've got the boy Balogun, you know really you know he's an exciting prospect. We need to develop him properly. You can bring in a loan signing and a main signing and and, and go forward. And if that's what Mikel Arteta wants to do, that's what's going to happen. And fantastic, you know I am um, I, I can't remember who put it up here, but somebody mentioned about the midfield. And they were bang on. The midfield is a bit of a, a problem area for us, you know, at, the, at this moment in time. And, and that's where you'd like, you know, a, a bit more fresh blood again. Tom, sorry, Tom Sobel. Um, because, you know, it, it, it's not working out for Ainsley Maitland-Niles, which is a real shame because I really like him. I think he's a talented player. And for some, for whatever reason, we're not getting there. Lukonga, it's going to take time for him to adjust. You know, even if we bring Vlavic in, it's going to take time for him to adjust the Premier League. It's not going to be an instant hit aspect. Or it's highly unlikely he'll be an instant yeah. hit. You know, you never know with certain players. But we, you know, there's a lot of positivity around recent performances from sort of West Ham onwards. We've looked a lot better. You know, I, I look back at those games against Everton and Man United. I don't think it could have been any worse. You know, we were gutless. But we found our backbone. We're going forward. And it's great to see. And fingers crossed we can keep it going. You know, we, we you know, we're gonna have Brentford home, we're gonna have Wolves home and away coming up. You know, we've got to be looking at, you know, getting maximum amount of haul uh, points haul from this these games. And I really want us to smash Brentford in the mouth and put them back in their place after their first game of the season. I want to send them down. I really want us to send them down. I want us to obliterate them, eviscerate them. You know, shit. Well, they're not, they're not in, the, in one of the three that I... I mean, I would love to see Newcastle go down. I think we're obviously going to see Norwich go down, although after this weekend, maybe not. Um Burnley, there's too many teams I want to see go down that are that are in front of Brentford. You got to actually respect, I think, the way Brentford has played. Other than, uh, I respect know, our, them. I just don't like them. No, that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean that's how I feel about everyone else that I podcast with. So, um, <laughs> speaking of of doing something completely not respectable. Um, we're about to see the return of something we haven't seen in many years. Uh, in fact, the last time we saw it, uh, it was retweeted by the mother. Have, have you finally seen your dick? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, October 2018, uh, Arsenal retweets this magical moment where I sublimated all adulthood and manhood, and and uh, <laughs> and, and was seen holding an Arsenal crest. What the fuck was this? You at a WWE event, um, 
it's something I've, I I did for a number of years. You know, now look, I used to use my son as an excuse for why I why I watch and and go to wrestling events, but but he's he's gotten tired of he's outgrown it, and I'm still there watching. Uh, but uh, but yeah, you know, there's nothing better than the Twitter furor. You want to talk about gates? Uh, sign gate is something that happens every time I do this because of, over the years. Um, there's there's Jake right there uh, holding the sign. Uh, over the years, I've 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 <laughs> that's my son holding the sign, which he's too embarrassed to do now. He he, he won't do that anymore. But uh, try to go to events where I'm going to get on camera holding up the sign, uh, and then Twitter goes absolutely mental. You get Spurs fans talking about it. You get people from all over the world saying, "Oh, I saw that Arsenal sign." <laughs> In the <laughs> and, and it's been you know between covid and me temporarily growing up um for a little while it, it's it's been a while we even got this one this this was confiscated from me because it it apparently was was a little too advertising um but uh, but but i did get it up in in, in one situation uh in the perfect position here <laughs> And uh, yeah, they, they did take that from me about five minutes afterwards. Look at how fat my arms are holding this. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so Wednesday night, live from Washington DC <laughs> is uh, is AEW uh, Dynamite, and and we have uh, we have a few signs that are going to be going. <laughs> I spent three hours making these last night. You just no, spend your entire free time doing arts and crafts. I spent literally. I spent. I spent three hours and probably thirty dollars on supplies, uh, like press-on letters that that I had to have a glue stick. When I ran out of when I ran out of ease, I had to take a B and cut it. I mean, like I'm creative AF. I had to take a B and cut it so that it looked like an E. Uh, but we got this one. We got this. <laughs> which which I showed to some people last night and they're like, is that a picture of you or did you cut a hole in the thing and put your face? <laughs> so we got that one. We got this is a very serious one here. We have this. Hopefully bring some attention because you know there are no more generous charitable people than people who watch grown men <laughs> wrestling each other in times. <laughs> And then, last but not least, this is a two-part one. <laughs> which, which someone, you know, the, the person who uh, who encouraged me to put the poop emoji on there deserves part of the credit. And then, of course, I'll be standing next to my friend Ryan holding this one. Um, so we'll see how quickly the signs get confiscated, how quickly I get confiscated. Um, but if you don't normally watch and you just want to watch for the entertainment, we're going to be like five rows from the ring, like directly where the camera is. So it's going to kind of be like this positioning right here. And, um, it's, it's, uh, I think it's on what TVS at eight o'clock on Wednesday. And I think it's on fight or something fit fight, something like that over in the UK at 1am on Thursday morning. Um, and then just watch Twitter go, go nuts. Um, 
it's going to be fun. Do they let people bring signs in that are that large, or do you have these like taped to your back and <laughs> under your shirt when you're trying to get through the gate? Well, they, you know, there used to be, and the, the the wrestling historian will now answer that question. Uh, it used to be that like they encourage you to bring signs, and like literally at times you couldn't see any faces because everyone was holding up signs. That's kind of mm-hmm. changed lately. I don't know if it was. I think probably with social media, people started using signs to self-promote, mm-hmm. which doesn't bode well for my Gooners versus Cancer.com and my Magic Mike, uh, you know, that stuff. But uh, but you just, you don't see them as often anymore. But they still bring them, and and those are normally the size of them. I mean, you you hold them up for a second, you don't hold them up the whole game, the game, the whole, <laughs> the whole show. So. Uh, you know, we'll see. I, I it could be that it, it just becomes so annoying for me and everyone around me that that you see about you know two of them pop up and uh, and, and then you don't see it for the rest of the show. But we'll see. It's a forty-eight-year-old man, almost forty-nine, acting like a seven-year-old, and and I and I love it. Sorry. Um, the stupider something is, the more I love it. Other with the exception of my family, that's the that's the only the only situation. Where, where, where that's not the case. So, all right. Um, user questions. Let's get to them. And, uh, and we have a bunch of them starred. So uh, I think we've, we've, we've pretty much answered this, Pedro. I, I mean, do, does anyone think that he'll ever play a game for us again? No. No. Man, he'll, I think he'll, 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 he'll play, but he won't be starved. You know, he, it's, it's, he's not for his choice anymore, is he? You know, we play better without him. But he, he he will make an appearance, I think. I, I think you could see him in August. I, I think there, there could be this summer situation where where we can't get rid of him, or something happens, and just because he's on the team, and 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 I mean, I, look, I know that we've 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 cast three hundred thousand plus wage packet players to the side and not played them for a year or two of their contract before, uh, but I don't know, I. I I think it would be Arsenal's preference that he doesn't play for us again, but who knows uh, what happens in the summer market. If we can't get rid of him, I think we do see him play again. I just don't think it's it's what we wanted to have happen. Um, oh, and I'm going to give this one to you. What from Tom, uh, what do you think the score will be Thursday and why will it be 4-1 to the Arsenal? <laughs> Jeez, wishful thinking that, isn't it? Um, I actually do I fancy us for, 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 this, for this game. You just see how integral... Uh, Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah or to their system. I think any team in the world would, would miss them both, to be fair, but um, just how integral they are to their attacking uh, style. And I don't think they've got any like-for-like replacements. Stego Shot is a very good player, but with those two around him to carry that burden, I'm not sure he's the type of guy just to completely lead the line on his own. Um, I think it all depends what way we set up in midfield. Um, I myself, um, I, I'm a bit of a pessimist, so I would I would say that the defensive approach worked really well. I think that's why we got a result in the reverse fixture, simply because the Xhaka red card eliminated any opportunity we had to go forward, and it just gave us the one cha- uh, the one sort of lane to go down, and, and defend was the only thing we can do. So I think if we go in with a relatively similar approach and just hit them on the break where they're vulnerable, I think we can get a bit of joy out of it. So I'll go for um, 1-0. 1-0. Jared, your score? without as much uh, analysis because because that was Owen's question. Yeah, I'll try and keep it short. It's it's tough to to call one because we don't know who's going to be available, if anyone. But I still like us to win at home. We've got good momentum from last week. So I'm going to take uh, 2-1 Arsenal. Nice. 
Jace, you got you're you optimistic about this one? Oh, not at all, not at all. But I'll take two one every day of the week. I'll, I'll go with that. I can't see a stopping them scoring again. But I think I, I agree with the boys. You know, if you if you play counter attack football with them, you know the Villa game, the way we counter attacked was beautiful. You know, the, you know the, the goal against City, fantastic. We've just got to you know allow use our pace and really use the link men well. And you know, I don't see anything to fear from them. My main concern is us self imploding. That's the big thing, you know. What we we have that in us at the moment where we we can self implode and just let it get away from us. But let's be positive and let's go for the win. Yeah, you know what concerned me in the last game, and we got away with it, and more than got away with it was uh, was Diogo Jota against Cedric. Um, and of course, Cedric went out ten minutes in uh, with injury and was replaced by Chambers, and maybe that ended up changing something. I, mean, I don't see Chambers all of a sudden being the guy to put. Jota in yeah. his pocket, but he's available. I've got to be honest here. How does Cedric get a game for us? How on earth does he get a game for us? On his previous performances, he's been atrocious. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's got to be Chambers in that situation if Tomiyasu isn't ready. And I'm not suggesting that that's like, you know. Mike, I pick you ahead of Cedric. <laughs> I've heard that before. Uh, I'm going to go 2 2. Uh, just because, again, I don't pick us to win games because because we always lose them when I do. So I'm going to go two two, and I do realize that there has to be a winner on the day. Um, and no, a two two draw would not put them through on away goals. There are no away goals, so I'll go two two, and then I'll I'll get back to you about what I think is going to happen after that. Um, Daniel Robert, where will we finish in the league next season? Next season, so we're, we're 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 thinking sixteen months ahead, Daniel. Uh, and Jace, will you be coming to London for the quadruple bus tour? Jace, will you be coming to London for the Brighton game, where my son and I will be uh, for round two of of the Tollington? Wait, this season or next season? <laughs> this season. What, 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 what I, I, I don't know when the Brighton game is going to be next season. So. I, 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 don't, I have no idea. Well, you know, you know me. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to get up to the Brentford game, maybe the Wolves game, um, but that's that's yet to be decided. Um, yeah, go on in. Well, I'm giving you three months' notice or two and a half months' notice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'll sort that out. What day is it? Where will we finish in the league now, Daniel? I'm I'm changing your question to where are we going to finish in the league this season? Next season, I mean, the next season. Come on, who knows? Who knows if we'll even be in the league next season? Can we hold on to fourth? Let's. I mean, we've been kind of asking that the last couple of weeks since we got into fourth, and frankly, we're not fourth at the moment either. We're fifth, but uh, I mean, can we consolidate that spot, or do you think we kind of hit the top and 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 are just looking to stay top six? And and uh, and oh, and I'm sorry, I realize you got to go. Uh, if you want me to outro you, I can, or if you want to just leave, out me, Mike, out me. Uh, Goodbye. <laughs> I, I was about to literally out you, and, and then I was like, that, that just won't be cool. Uh, <laughs> but, you know. Backstage. All right. <laughs> See you next time, Owen. See you, Bob. I'm happy that I'm getting out just before you three start talking about DT. <laughs> I think we're, uh, we're going to skip that. No, no. <laughs> All right. I'll see you later, please. Okay, bye, Owen. Bye, bye. All right. So can we hold on to fourth? Where do you where do you see us finishing? Who are you going to? You. Oh right. Um. 
I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more positive now than I was a few weeks ago. I've got to be honest with you. Um, I pray to God we can get fourth. I really do. I think it would be a, it'd be a huge achievement for Arteta, given last season's form and early season form. So, you know, yeah, let, let, let's fingers crossed we can get, get fourth. I think it's a possibility. We're in a good position. And given our patchy form all season, if we can string good form together for 10 games, there's no reason why we can't get top four. You know, because even though, you know, people say, oh, we've been constantly improving, I don't think we really have. You know, we've gotten lucky in a few games. From West Ham onwards, you've seen an improvement in performance. But early December, we were we were awful. So if you can get that improvement in performance and a bit of consistency, there's no reason why we can't get top four. There really isn't. So at this moment in time, do you know what? I'm, I'm not Mikel Arteta's biggest fan at the moment, but... Fingers crossed he can make it work and fingers crossed, you know, we can get it and and that would be a massive achievement for him and, and, and it'd be all credit to him and the squad. I happen to think that the way our, our schedule pans out between now and, and March, I mean, or, or between now and May, really, it's kind of like that that year Liverpool was out of, out of Europe. I mean, it is kind of setting up like that where we have good players who are going to be fully rested and just feasting on Premier League competition you know, if we can stay healthy. I mean, it, it really is kind of lining up like that. I didn't like the idea of being out of Europe at all. I never would. But, like, you look at what we've got in front of us and and what everyone else is dealing with in this challenging environment of, of game push moments, I actually think that once we get through our COVID breakout, which I suppose we're not even really having right now, <laughs> um, you know, if we, if we don't – if we were able to avoid that, it's setting up for us to, 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 you know, to really consolidate and what teams around us fail as they have been really in the last couple of weeks. Um, Jared, we got two questions about Vlavic and, and because you, you're the, you're the guy for analysis um, and for incredible voices. Does he remind you more of Ibra or RVP or someone else? And when do you think we should draw a line under the transfer and just, and just kind of, move past it for the for the January time frame anyway, if we haven't already. Sure. So for Tom's question, who does he remind me of? Uh, I spoke about this last time I was on with you. Um, to me, he reminds me a little bit of Harry Kane. I think he's got a little more physicality even, but the size, the build, the style of play, the, the ability to hold the ball up and play a long out ball like Kane does to Sun very often, I think he's got that in his game. And I don't like that comparison because I think we all hate Harry Kane, but definitely an effective goal scorer. And when do I think we give up on him? Um, probably an unpopular opinion. I don't see us bringing really anybody in this month. I think if we could get him, that'd be a that'd be a coup for Arsenal if you can bring in a player like him. But if you look at how we handled last season's windows, we basically concentrated on all the outgoings we needed to get rid of and then waited until the summer for all of our incoming business. Uh, I think we're going to do something similar. I know we're short in midfield and at striker, but you just saw this week we recalled Miguel Aziz from loan and Therese John-Jules from loan to kind of fill in those areas. So while, like everybody else, I'm very hopeful that we do make a move, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we kind of move forward with the team we have right now and, and try to ride it out till May. You know, especially with, and, and this just kind of occurred to me, um, and no one's no one's going to be happy about this, but I'm sure the Cronkies look at, the, at our fixture list and 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 look at the fact that between now and the summer transfer window we have either 
18 or 19 more games to play, uh, period. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. it. It's not 18 could rise to 30. It's not anything like that like it has been in years past. When you when you buy a player, you pay him weekly, whether we play zero, one, or two games in that week, right? So, you know, for them to make a big purchase – it's not, a, it's not really, and, and again, I hate this, because, and I'm not excusing this. I'm just saying this is kind of seems to be the way the Cronkies think. You know, it, it won't be about the transfer fee, It'll because that's amortized and it gets you the player. It's about paying wages for an extra six months that you don't need to be paying wages because you can't play 20 players in every game. Um, and because of that, I tend to agree, Jared, that, that, you know, we'll probably, I mean, we're seeing players get recalled that we're already paying or we're, we're already on our squad. We're seeing moves made to, to loan out players that could have been depth players for us, like Pablo Mari. Again, you don't want them playing, but you could find yourself short at center back. And I think they're still really trying to manage that wage bill. So it would, it would be surprising to bring on a player who's going to be, you know, six-figure wages every single week. And that's unfortunate because I really think we could use one or two. Do you mind if I come in there? Yeah. You know, the, the, the big thing is when, you know, we've spoken about this earlier on, we're not getting any goals from centre forward. Okay. And if you can bring somebody in who's going to bring you an extra 10 goals, okay, who's got a possibility of bringing you extra 10 goals, there's your top four finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and the flip side of that is if you don't do it, then yeah, you're missing out a lot more than whatever you're saving in wages over six months. Exactly. But the big thing is, you know, that you know, you you look at them with the Rams and what have you, they bring in Beckton, they bring in Donald, they bring in whoever they need to do to to bring them success there. Okay. If you're looking at Arsenal Football Club at the moment and you're looking at limited revenue streams, okay, Champions League brings you an awful lot of money. Okay. You're in the hunt. You're, even with patchy form throughout the season, you're in the hunt. Then you add 10 extra goals from centre-forward alongside, you know, the talent that's cut on, on the wings of Martinelli, Smith-Rowe, Saka. We're starting to get a few, a couple of goals from midfield as well. Goals are what win your games. And, you know, to me, you, I, I, I understand the question, but you don't draw a line under a transfer until it's absolutely dead in the water. The negotiators will know where they are and if it's dead if there's no possibility of him coming right then you move on okay but you know if you've got if he if you think that he's your man if Mikel Arteta thinks he's the difference then I think you've got to back him because you know the price of the player is only going to go up it's not going to go down if he's successful for the rest of the season so you're, you're better off spending the money now and going and going for it rather than procrastinating and you know we've all been here before where we won't dish out the money for a player look at Suarez look at you know look at all the other players we've missed out on I think in the the wake of Suarez yeah yeah, Um, you know there's there's a plethora of players which could have been the difference between us winning a title You you look at that Leicester title winning season if we'd have brought in a decent midfielder he would have covered the injuries we could have, you know, earned those extra points, which would have turned us into a title winning side. So, have they learned from the previous lessons? I hope they have. If we can't get it done, we can't get it done. You know, there's no shame in that. It's not all, you know. If he went somewhere else, 
that, that's fine. But if you've done everything you can possibly do to make the club as attractive as possible, if you've laid out a vision for him, if you're, you've explained to him, look, you know, I'm being funny, come to us, you're 21 years of age, okay? Two to three good seasons, Real, Barca will be coming in. You know, we'll want 300 million quid for you, but imagine the wages you're going to be on then. You, yeah. You, you, you've just got to do it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, a couple rapid-fire ones. Daniel asked when the 2022 football phrases FA Cup is. It's going to be very soon. We actually started it, and, and I wish we hadn't, when I was in England um, on the uh, Arsenal Soup program that we that, that we were doing and will be doing again on Lee Judges TV. But uh, but the, uh, the football phrases FA Cup, I've added about six or seven new phrases over the last uh, few weeks to my chart. We'll be knocking other ones out. If you think of any football phrases like, uh, you know, sixes and sevens and uh, ripping up trees and stuff that you that you would never hear if you were, for instance, watching an NFL game, for example, uh, feel free to tweet them at me and we'll put them in the uh, we'll put them in the lineup. So that will be soon. Um, how many minutes will it be before I get ejected for my signs? I think they'll eject the signs before they eject me. I will. I will be ejected. It just won't be for the signs. It'll be because you know, maybe like charging the 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 what is it the uh, the ring. <laughs> It'll be for not knowing what the thing is called that they're wrestling with. Um, on Thursday, do you play Aziz in midfield or play a back five? That's an interesting call, Jared. Um, you know, we have recalled Miguel Aziz, and I'm not so sure whether it's because he wasn't good enough or because he was good and we need him back. I didn't think he was getting a lot of time there. He wasn't getting any playing time, and I think he's. I think my assumption is that we look at him as an emergency option if we need him. We'll see who's available and see what the formation options are. But I'd be a little surprised to see him start. But I think he'll likely make the bench just because we're so thin. I um, I wouldn't mind playing about. I mean, the way the back five played, kind of when we when we had to go to it out of necessity uh, against Liverpool last week. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if he starts that way, but. Uh, any chance Aziz becomes the next Francis Coquelin, Jace? In other words, a guy that we get back from loan and then never scores a goal for us ever, but... No, he's got far too much talent for that. And God love Frankie, Frankie Coquelin. But, um, uh, you know, it, he did a job for us, to be fair to him. He really did a job for us, but he was never the quality we needed. And as soon as, as, soon as sort of... I, the one thing I, I, I'm always frustrated and bewildered by is why Arsene played him further up the pitch. He was so ineffective there. You know, in your own half, he was very effective. He did a great job. And, you know, he, he played a really important part in that cup-winning side. Um, but Jesus wept. We have a bad habit of, of taking defensively-minded players and, and sticking them in the number 10 position for no good reason. <sighs> Although Torreira did score a goal today, it was a pretty nice goal for Fiorentina. But I mean, more players scored for them than didn't today. But the thing, it's a shame Torreira didn't work out. You know, I think he found the physicality of the league tough. He struggled a little set in the country. It's just a shame, you know. It's, uh, you know, he's, he's a lovely little player, um, but Aziz is a talent who needs to be developed. Not getting game time at um, uh, what was he Portsmouth. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was at Portsmouth. Yeah. If, if you're not getting game time at Portsmouth, you know it just shows his age, etc. And it may be best just to develop him in house for the time being and bring him along, and you know, and go from there. But um, yeah, no, he can play. Know. He can play in if we end up in the Europa League next year, rather than the Champions League, or rather than out. 
he'd, it'd be perfect to have him start to play. Maybe Patino starts to get some time in those games, but you know, not in the in, in the games that we're playing now. I think we saw with Charlie Patino that you know too much too soon can. If you keep that going, you, we can start destroying players' confidences. It, it, it's this thing, wasn't it? If, if, if you play well against Sunderland, well, no disrespect to Sunderland, but they are a bang average football club at the moment, a bang average team, okay? And you're playing in guys who are, you, you, you come on and you play with guys who are bossing the game. It, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's an easy game for you to come into, it's an easy game to look good in. You know, the Forest game, Forest are playing well at the moment. Um, uh, Steve Cooper's a very defensive-minded manager. You saw in the way they set up and the way they managed the game, okay, it wasn't easy to break them down. And with all due respect to Patino and Aziz, they're still young, young players who need to learn to play against men, so to speak, you know, hardened professionals. And it's, it's a good well, learning curve for them. Had Patino come in in the 80th minute of a of a Forest game where we had already broken them, uh, you know, then it would have been the same thing. I mean, it's not even that he came in; he was playing against Sunderland. If he'd started against Sunderland, you could say that he came into a game when it was what already four nothing, three nothing, or three one. I mean, what, I don't even remember. Did we did we allow a goal? It's an armchair ride. It's an armchair ride. It, 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 and, and and so that's a different environment. I think that was the perfect time to put Patino in. Then, unfortunately, we had no choice but to start him against Forrest, and and we saw the flip side of that. Final question that we have tonight, is Jace related to Stacy from Gavin and Stacy? Um, I did a little Googling so that I could figure that out, and I saw something about Cardiff or Wales or something. But the, uh, is that a worthwhile question, or, or, or should we just... Rather <laughs> Um, look, I'm from Armandford, okay? It's a very different part of the world to Cardiff. <laughs> All right. So, um, oh, and, and and Daniel wants to know from Jared if uh, if you're scared about catching up on the stupidest, worst. Uh, this is from a guy who's going to a wrestling event soon. Uh, the biggest waste of time uh, and, fact, and, and shows that you're not actually an Arsenal supporter is when you play FPL. I'm just kidding. Um, this has been a Gooners podcast on a week where we had spent 90 minutes talking about absolutely nothing because we didn't play. Uh, but Jace, always lovely to have you. I love you. You're even better having met you. Um, you're a nice person to sprinkle in every six months or so. Hey, mate, it was brilliant to meet you that game. I look forward to seeing you at the Brighton game. Jared, it's lovely to meet you. I will think of your voice when I go to sleep tonight. It'll send me off beautifully. Okay. Um, but no, it's, it's a pleasure being on, lads. It's a pleasure being on. It's um, uh, I like to do. It's it's nice to do it now and again, isn't it? It's nice yeah, to do it now. You know, again. It, it, it's it's like uh, you know, it's like being retired, and then you just get to kind of go back and have a taste. It's like being a grandparent instead of. A <laughs> oh, cheers, That's mate. what I'm thinking of. I, I, and what a weekend to coming back on. You know, Spurs fans upset, the media upset. Yeah, we so, did. Uh, we didn't know exactly what our lineup was going to be for tonight until about Saturday. And, and on Saturday, I'm like, <laughs> like it just, it was like the bat signal went out and I'm like, this is a weekend for Jace. <laughs> and and it, had been the, it had been the commensurate amount of time since the last time we had you on. So I, I knew you wouldn't be like overrun with uh, oh, the podcast. So anyway, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Jared. Yeah. Uh, stay warm, and uh, and we will uh, we might be back on on third. Well, I'll be doing the the uh, post game show on Thursday after the game if there is one. 
Um, and then uh, and then we'll see what happens with Burnley. It's a, it's just you never know what to expect with this Premier League anymore. So in any case, take care, everyone. Watch watch me on Wednesday night. I will be performing live in front of millions of people. And uh, come on, you Dooners. <laughs> <laughs>